0: Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of this show. G'day, Lindy. How are you doing today? Hi, Grant. It's great to be back for the 2022 season right at the start. And we're kicking off with one of the biggest stories that we ended the year of 2021 with. And that was the merger of Close the Loop, and OF Packaging, and the simultaneous listing of on the ASX of a new entity called Close the Loop Group, which is an end-to-end packaging and recycling solutions um, company focused on building a circular economy-based business. So with us in the studio today to tell us more about the business ambitions, its recent acquisitions, and its hope for the Australian packaging industry's future is CEO of the listed entity, Joe Foster. Welcome, Joe.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Lindy. It's a pleasure to be here today and tell the story about Close the Loop Group.
0: So, let's start with the merger and listing. You have been in the industry a long time, you've run and you still do run companies in several markets. Why Merge? Why List? Why now?
1: Lindy, that's a great question. In fact, uh, I've been asked that question quite a lot um, by <laughs> investors. They've even asked me why am I starting this journey at my age as well. But uh We recognised the opportunity to grow our business and swell the OF packaging brand a number of years ago. It was our ambition to list a company and uh, the idea really was to try and list a company and merge with a business that is very much integrated within the ideas that we have towards circular economy and sustainable packaging. When we start talking to close the loop, uh, the operations divisions here in in Australia, we recognised that it was a great opportunity to utilise the infrastructure the services, and the ability for recycling that they have to enable us to provide really an end-to-end solution. So when we start talking about end-to-end solution, now as a packaging supplier through through OF Packaging, we design the packaging with the end of life in mind. And I think that's really a, a point of differentiation in the marketplace, whereas we're already thinking about the packaging when we're designing the packaging because we want to take ownership right through the whole supply chain.
0: Okay, so I think it's important for our listeners to understand that OF Packaging is a specialist in flexible packaging. Do you want to just talk through the flexible offerings that you have in OF Packaging?
1: Yes, indeed. So OF Packaging has been going for quite some time now. In fact, we originated our business back in South Africa in 1998 and in Australia now for the last 11 years. Uh, One of our biggest drives over the last sort of six or seven years has been around sustainability, recognizing the need to bring more sustainable packaging into the marketplace. So OF Packaging, we have manufacturing here in Australia through OF Flexo and we have manufacturing offshore in Vietnam and China. And we supply quite a number of customers in the FMCG market here in Australia, New Zealand and in fact around the world. So what we've done uh, over the last three or four years was actually bringing new packaging materials to the marketplace in view of the changes that are coming about with regards to recyclability. As you know, soft plastics are very difficult to recycle. Uh, we've got a great take back program here in Australia uh, through uh, the Red Cycle Group, which we support fully. But we wanted to find a solution that enable enable us to bring mono-based polymers to the market, which then will allow us to be able to have this packaging material more recyclable ready by 2025 when the targets kick in. And those targets have obviously been set by APCO, and that's to do with all packaging should be recyclable, reusable or compostable by 2025. So, it's a journey for us, and certainly uh, the journey is going to allow us to, to realize our ambitions and dreams uh, by merging both of the business together, Close the Loop and OF Pack.
0: So, when you did list, you successfully raised $12 million of capital. Was that in line with expectations?
1: Very much so. In fact, we went to the market uh, with our roadshows in late September and in October. And as you know, the process you, you do your roadshows to investors, and then you put out the uh, prospectus. Within three or four days, we actually received interest in excess of $30 million. They liked the story that we were telling them in terms of where we wanted to be with the future around circular economy. And of course, the idea with the marriage between OFPAC and Loop was very much about circular integration to allow us to be able to provide that full story and a full solution. The nice thing about it from an investor's point of view, uh, they were very keen to back us because we're actually identifying uh, the issues around sustainability and the issues around Recycling of soft plastics, which of course we know is very difficult, but we believe there is a solution through closed loop and OF Pack. Our, our holy grail really is to end up with packaging the packaging because we do believe that is really the true solution for the future in the Australian market.
0: So, with that twelve million dollars, you uh, have quickly set about spending some of it, <laughs> um, and yes. in quick succession, you have bought two companies. So, tell us about each of those acquisitions.
1: Yes, indeed. So when we went to the market to raise the $12 million, really the $12 million, uh, Lindy, was there uh, purely to look at investment in the future. Investment in the future was equipment as well as acquisitions. So the first company we acquired was a specialized packaging company that uh, is involved in the seafood industry here in Australia. Seafood is very important. Seafood packaging, in fact, is very important for OEF packaging. It's our number two or our our number three market. So therefore, it was a natural bolt-on to acquire Oceanic Agencies who've been in the industry for over 11 years. The nice thing about it from uh, from OFPAC's perspective was that Oceanic Agencies specializes not only in retail packaging but very much with bulk handling as well. So it gives us the the opportunity to really cross-sell their products into our existing seafood clients. And of course, their existing seafood clients who are using bulk packaging to show them and give them the offering around the seafood retail packaging that we do as well. And what's been interesting about this company since we've merged, we've met quite a, a number of their clients, and they've all expressed interest around sustainability uh, within the seafood packaging industry. So that was um, Oceanic Agencies. And then, as you know, Lindy, quite recently, and thank you so much for bringing the news to the market, uh, and Company is a bulk handling company that specializes in uh, bulk bags of one ton and so forth, uh, bulk polypropylene bags. And again, it's a good bolt-on for the flexible packaging business of OF Pack. Uh, a lot of the clients that use bulk bags uh, within their customer base would also have a need for, for retail packaging. Their business has been going for close to 25 years and they're very specialised in bulk handling. In fact, the owner of Crassie & Co. has been very instrumental in setting the standards and setting the guidelines around bulk handling bags in Australia. So uh, we, we do find that both Mark and Donna are great assets within the business, as in fact uh, Tanya and Paul are for oceanic agencies, and we're very pleased to see that uh, both sets of existing owners will be remaining within the business for a period of time to help us with the transition and allow us to have a smooth uh, operating uh, ability over the course of the next 12 months.
0: So when we spoke shortly after the announcement, Joe, you talked to me about um, perhaps, um, well, not perhaps, but your intentions rather of creating some kind of take-back program for those flexible, the FIBCs, the Flexible Intermediate Bulk Containers. Um, So, tell me a little bit about your thoughts around that.
1: Yes. So, um, the nice thing about the the group uh, in the Loop currently at the moment, as you're aware, uh, they specialize in take-back programs, okay, of complex uh, consumable products, you know they're very active with, of course, the um, cartridge market, and they work hand in hand with um, with Red Cycle. As you know, they're the largest user of the Red Cycle material. So our, our idea really is to reach out to an existing customer base within the OFPAC customer base within uh, the Ocea- oceanic agencies, and of course, Crasty and Co. Uh, we see a great need and a great opportunity to actually take the polypropylene woven material and recycle that back uh, into a very good quality material, because as you know with bulk handling, or sorry, bulk handling bags made out of mostly polypropylene material. It's a very good stream and a clean stream of polymer that we can utilize either in-house or in the market uh, to make uh, secondary-based products. So what we're doing really with Close the Loop, Lindy, is we're having this specialized offering to our existing clients. Uh, of course, as I mentioned, we fully support the Red Cycle. They're a good, uh, a good uh, partner of Close the Loop. But we have customers who have reached out to us uh, through the information that we've put out, uh, looking to, to engage with Close the Loop Group on specialized take-back programs. Pet food banks is a very good example. We've got three or four different customers at the moment who are who are uh, doing trials through Close the Loop to see what we can do with these materials to try and put them back into secondary product like the Tonoplast or the Orflex. So we're actually trying to think outside of the norm here with regards to what products are very difficult to recycle. I mean, we start talking about recycling of, products and recycling of plastics, we're not talking about, you know, your general plastic materials like your HDPE containers and your polyester bottles and your polyethylene materials, which everybody is trying to find at the moment because of the ban on export plastics. We're saying, let us look at the complex materials. And Lindy, as as most of the people who watch the uh, AIP tour on Wednesday, is that we're taking very dirty plastic material from industry and putting it through a very good process to actually make a tangible product making a product that can actually go into uh, an end-of-life process through roads and so forth, which can continuously be recycled when that road needs to be dug up again in five to ten years' time. So we're always going to be looking for these uh, these complex materials, hence the reason why the polypropylene is a, is a really good opportunity for a closer loop.
0: So I think um, for anybody who's listening and who didn't perhaps see the a- AIP tour that was um, conducted virtually at Close the Loop's recycling facility in Melbourne. Um, we will put that link into the podcast show notes as well, because we wrote a coverage, some coverage of that tour as well, and it, it was super informative. So I think also, Joe, I just wanted to say at this point that Close the Loop, the company that merged into Close the Loop Group, has been operating in Melbourne for a number of years, as you say recycling things like toner cartridges extremely successfully. They've got a fantastic take-back program through Officeworks and other collection points. They understand the take-back program concept. And you, as I understand it now, would be leaning on their expertise in that, in setting up those kinds of collection programs for these bulk flexible bags as well.
1: That's right, Linda, yes. We want to utilize the expertise that that the, the team at Close Loop have got and, uh, and as you said, I mean, they've been in operation in Australia. They, they registered their company name back in 1998, which is the same, really, when we started off the, uh, the journey of OF OFPAC. And their, their brand promise when the company started trading in, in 2001 was zero waste to landfill. And they have fulfilled that promise over the last 21 years. And they get audited on a regular basis to ensure that all the products are actually being fully recycled. Or worst case scenario, it goes from waste to energy. So we want to definitely look at utilizing the infrastructure and and the expertise that these guys have and then offer that to the existing packaging customers that we have. And of course, to the general flexible packaging market per se, and obviously other types of other types of materials as well. You'd be amazed at some of the products that have actually been brought across the loop uh, to try uh, in terms of uh, try putting it through their machinery in terms of, of recycling.
0: Yeah, I, I visited the plant myself recently, and I was quite suitably impressed at the range of of projects that they were attempting to undertake there. Now, you did speak to me also about investment in um, washing and repurposing equipment. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that investment that's on the yes, go?
1: Yes, indeed. So we've actually uh, identified an opportunity within e-waste uh, here in Australia as well as America. So Close the Loop, uh, as you may know, have got a business in America and a business in Europe. So Close the Loop have already started the process to look at a separation and washing line facility for e-waste in North America. And here in Australia, we've already put the, um, put the proposal forward and the, we are going forward with a special plant that actually takes e-waste, separates the residual metals. Uh, separates the individual plastics and then it'll allow us to provide a clean plastic stream back to the industry and certainly back to the OEMs, which is the original equipment manufacturers, like your cartridge manufacturers. We've already engaged with the cartridge manufacturers here in Australia and uh, around the world, and they're very keen to actually take back their product and put it back into the remanufacturing of cartridges and also electronic equipment. Uh, we've looked at the the quality that we can we can get from the um, the e-waste, and, uh, and looked at the, the type of material streams that we can actually offer to the market. As you know, there is a ban on the export of mixed plastics uh, out of uh, Australia. Uh, but you can actually still, from what I understand, export your single type plastic material by buying it as a clean stream. And the OEMs uh, offshore have expressed interest to support us with this particular plant that we're going to be putting up in the facility, in fact, here in Melbourne, in Somerton.
0: Okay, and and how far off is that in in the works?
1: Oh, it is about a a ten month uh, operation to be very honest with you, because it's specialized equipment that has to be manufactured for us here. Um, what I've just learned quite recently, it's 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 quite interesting how the actual plastics are cleaned and separated. Our idea would be again to utilize that equipment, Lindy, and uh, and even put some of the soft plastics through there as well to see if we could separate it and see if we can clean it to try and get it back into a clean stream to try and regenerate flexible packaging material uh, with our ambition and dream to go packaging to packaging, as we, we, we keep talking about the Holy Grail, right? That's that's really where we want to get to.
0: So um, it is interesting that to me, you've positioned yourself as a circular economy company and some, um, that's like the, the core pillar of what you do and, and, and your positioning. Some people who are perhaps purists in the sense would say, unless it's going packaging to packaging, that's not a true circle. Would you agree with that? Well,
1: I think if it goes in a circle, whatever circle that is, it is a true circle. Okay, so I'll just re-qualify that, Lindy. Um, The Tonoplast is a very interesting product. Okay, Um, we've all heard about plastics going into roads. They've done trials in the UK, South Africa, um, and also India. Okay, but the the plastic that they've put into roads, from my understanding, and in fact, speaking to the, the road manufacturers yesterday, they were saying that's only being used as filler the biggest problem with that is the end of life when the road has to be re, re, repurposed. With tonoplast, for instance, as an example, is that the road actually gets repurposed after its longevity, and depending on, on the road, the conditions and so forth, it could be five years, it could be 10 years, whatever. But that layer of asphalt that's taken up from the road actually gets fully recycled back into the roads again. So it's always gonna go into, into the true circular economy. Of course, our objective is very clear. To have our packaging material go back into packaging, and uh, and I, I did highlight some examples um, at a at a seminar uh, last night where we've done some trials with post-manufactured plastic material as well as post-consumer waste plastic material to try and repurpose that material back into film. The big challenge, of course, as you know, is that the post-manufactured uh, material is quite easy to to remanufacture, but when we start looking at post-consumer waste, you've got lots of contamination organic food contamination waste, residual waste from um, from from the actual food, as well as other uh, other outside materials that would be mixed with these plastics. But we're, we do believe there's an option. Uh, we will eventually get there. Our starting point really is to offer post-consumer waste plastic back into packaging that would be for non-food contact. I think it's a good starting point. And certainly from the trials that we've done, it looks really promising at this stage. We're not going to give up. Let's put it like that. We're not waiting for industry to say, hey, guys, we have found a solution for post-consumer waste. We're saying we want to actually make that, make that uh, make the change in the industry. We want to really try and shake it up in such a way that we say we've now found a solution with regards to trying to take post-consumer waste plastic and put it back into packaging.
0: So um, one of the points you made, I was listening to your seminar last night, um, and one of the points you made there was that there could potentially be companies who are claiming um, high percentages of, of recycled material in their packaging, but it might not be truly post-consumer recycled. They may pre- be using pre-consumer waste, like manufacturing waste, and then claiming that. Do you think that's uh, a, a bigger problem here?
1: Lindy, sadly, yes, um, it is a big problem. Uh, there's miscommunication to the customers. There's no doubt about it in the marketplace. I think our consumers have to be informed about the, the origin of the recycled material. I think when a consumer picks up a plastic bottle or picks up packaging and it says, oh, look, at this packaging is made from 100% recycled material, they automatically think that this waste plastic material that was in the bin at one stage is now actually reformulated as a, as a pouch or reformulated as a plastic bottle. I think we do know that there's obviously changes going to be coming in place in terms of new labeling at some stage to to actually to specify uh, what type of recycled content it is, whether it's post-consumer or post-manufactured waste. We do know, you look at a lot of your packaging material and, t- and, and certainly looking at polyethylene materials and polypropylene materials where they're specifying your waste percentages of anything up to 60 or 70% uh, waste content, but that most likely is uh, post-manufactured waste, which is obviously a clean waste stream.
0: Well, it's not a bad thing to be using that waste, because that waste, where's that going to end up?
1: <laughs> you're dead right. And, and, and the other thing about it, Lindy, is that you need to determine what that waste really is. Is it offcuts from when you're manufacturing the plastic? Okay, or is it actually industry waste that's come from genuine industry? As a great example, uh, at OF Flexo, where we, we do a lot of printing and converting of, of our films, mostly polyethylene materials at our plant, uh, that polyethylene material does go back to a recycler here in, uh, in Melbourne. They take that material and they can actually melt it down and regranulate that material and they sell it on the open market as post industry waste, as opposed to like trim and setup and so forth on your machine, which a lot of people are using and still deeming it to be a uh, post-manufactured waste material, which is not right.
0: Now, last year, um, in the Peter Awards, which is our packaging Innovation design awards, you walked off with several awards. In fact, you had you were the star of the show in in some ways. And one was for the Roll and Recycle packaging concept, which we've spoken about on this podcast before. The other was for Zero Co, the work that you've done with Zero Co who, and we've also had Zeroco' CEO on the um, podcast as well. So some of our listeners might be familiar with the concept. Um, how are those two projects tracking?
1: Those two projects are tracking extremely well. If I start off with roll and recycle, that was a great uh, development working with, uh, working with Anthony Payton uh, from Prep Design and also working with Michael Dosser on uh, the results group. It was just great collaboration to actually come up with a product that actually works in the market. Uh, we started off, as you probably know, with Brook Farm well over a year ago now. and We've actually got five products in the market utilizing the roll and recycle we're constantly looking to sort of change the process, i.e. change the dynamics of the, of the label to ensure that we've got good longevity on the label from a, from a recycling point of view when it actually goes into your, your curbside recycling bin and, of course, into the MRF. And that's been, a, uh, that's been a great, successful story. So I think watch this space with regards to rolling recycle. And uh, as I said, I mean, it's been really, for me, it's been, it's been great working with ambitious people like Anthony and, uh, and Michael, you know, in collaboration. It just shows that industry are keen to do something. And then, of course, with uh, as you know, with Zero Code, that that is really, truly a great successful story. They launched their product in October 2020, and there's been an overnight success, and they keep coming out with new products. Uh, Mike is a very dynamic uh, individual, and he wants to take this company of, of his to, to great heights. We're working on a number of new projects with Mike, um, and certainly uh, looking at other types of materials as well. And, uh, and his, Mike, Mike's really sort of main, main ambition and, and dream is to eliminate as much plastic as possible uh, that's going into the ocean and they're very active with um, beach cleanups and so forth around the coast of Australia and we support that 100%. What we've also done um, quite recently with XeroCo is they're uh, looking to try and take some of, the, some of their waste products. So the idea of the refill pouch that we manufacture out of recycled material is, uh, is returned as much as possible so once it ends as life we want to provide landfill as well and what we're trying to do is put it through the um, put it through a closed loop system and uh, and regenerate packaging material out of that uh, out of that laminate the nice thing about their materials that they'll provide to us is they're actually clean because as you know from from Mike they've got a very good cleaning setup uh, to take the pouches back they clean them sterilize them and then refill them before they go back to the consumer
0: yeah, and their system works so well because when you buy their product, the, the envelope for returning that refill pouch comes with it so that you it makes it really easy. And I think that's key, making things easy for the consumer to conform um, and educating them as to how to do that. How achievable do you think uh, circular economy is for Australian packaging, Joe? I mean, we're talking about it. Obviously, it's your ambition, but reality check here.
1: Very much reality check. There's no doubt about it. You know, there's there's some key players in the marketplace who are quite keen, uh, and they're pushing towards circular economy. We know um, their targets are very ambitious for 2025 in terms of recyclability, as uh, recycled content and so forth. But we do need to do to a lot of, to do a lot of work in the market. We need to get industry bodies to work together. I've said this before. I've said many, many times. In terms of, of getting circular economy to work, it's not a race to the top. It's not a race for the big companies to say, hey, this is where we're at. We've actually achieved circular economy. I think industry needs to work together to come up with the solution. I don't think the solution is going to come from, from let's call it, recycling companies. I think it's going to come from individual entrepreneurial uh, people and, and and companies that have actually got the ideas and are willing to take the risk and do the trials and make the investment, which is what we want to do through the close loop group. We want to actually invest in innovation and ideas and bring, bring products to the market and bring products to the market through new equipment and, and products that are not on the shelf at the moment. Like we're talking about inventing and finding ways to actually truly get a, 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 a circular economy. Yeah, so it is a reality check. There's no doubt about it. It's not going to happen overnight, Lindy. It's a journey that we all need to go on together and we need to get buy-in. And I think one other very important point you've made on the last comment was that education is really crucial here education doesn't just start and stop with the uh, the businesses and the industry it's actually about educating the consumer let the consumer understand the importance of uh, of the recycling uh, opportunities that that there are here in in Australia the red cycle is a great program but you'd be amazed as you've probably seen when you went to the factory that uh, the amount of waste product that gets put into that red cycle uh, bin is, uh, is is quite enormous so That's something we should really be working with the consumers and educate them and and try and provide a clean stream of of their waste product once it actually has been put through to the uh, recycling bin.
0: So what's next on the horizon for Close the Loop Group?
1: Well, we did say it uh, publicly that um, Closed Loop Group is on, on a journey. Uh, it's the start of uh, what we believe is going to be a very successful journey for our business uh, over the course of the next couple of years. We want to swell our business. We want to double the size of our business, certainly within the next year or two. Uh, and how we would do that through organic growth, through innovation, uh, through investment in equipment. And of course, looking at acquisitions, we've made it quite quite public that, of course, we want to look at natural bolt-on businesses for uh, Closed Loop Group it's not about just seeing a company and saying well they're making money let's take them on board uh, like every business that that's been presented to us has got to fit into the to, to the overall strategic plan for close the close the loop group and that's about circular economy circular integration and eventually being able to sort of offer the whole full end-to-end solution so all the businesses that we that we have within close the loop group which is now sitting at 9 okay Uh, are all certainly integrated one way or another within the circular economy. They all play that important role from a recycling point of view. And it's it's quite exciting, the future, Lindy, for our business. Quite exciting for me because I'm actually very honoured to be be given the position of Group CEO to take the business into the future. And I'm looking forward to swelling the business, not just here in Australia, but around the world. As you know, we've got a business in South Africa, have been there for quite some time, North America uh, and also in Europe. We're also now uh, setting up uh, OF packaging in uh, in North America, and eventually we'll set up OF packaging in Europe as well. It makes a lot of sense because the, the infrastructure is there already. In fact, we've already identified uh, the, uh, the American individuals who are going to set up the team for the OF packaging business in North America.
0: Well, it's certainly keeping you very busy, Joe, and um, your comments about your age. Well, you are certainly not. Th- there's a lot of runway left for you. <laughs>
1: that is for sure and in so, fact yeah people people say to me yeah joe at your age you shouldn't be doing this and no i've got another 20 plus god knows how many years i keep going and i think it's i think i'm very i'm a very lucky individual in the uh, you know me uh, i i say the people are, i get paid my salary for 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 completing my hobby you know packaging and recyclability and sustainability is a real hobby for me so i'm very lucky to be in to be embedded in this space here in australia and around the world and i love doing what i'm doing and i'm i'm very lucky to be supported and have a, a very strong team working with me uh, throughout the whole group, and I think it's about being, being sort of being in that in that space where people are, are supporting you, people are willing to go the extra mile within the organisation because they can see the future of where Closer loop is going to be.
0: Well, I think the industry similarly is very lucky to have you in it, Joe. You make a fantastic contribution, not only to your own company and your group, but also on all the bodies and and extra work you do for educating um, the industry itself. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We really at PKN would like to champion Australian businesses like yours who are looking at finding local solutions to our recycling and reuse and remanufacturing challenges that we're facing. So all the best. We're looking forward to covering every single acquisition story and every single good news story that comes out of Close the Loop Group.
1: Indy, thank you very much for the opportunity and I really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you, Joe. And thanks, Lindy. And of course, thanks to our audience for joining us for this episode. Don't forget, if you enjoyed what you've heard today, you can tell a colleague about us so they too can benefit from this show. We'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative episode. But until then, have a great day. The PKN podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.